time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships, stands the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for being with me this lovely May Monday. Today is the 12th of May, and what I'm going to do today is something that I'm going to start doing once a month, sort of my plan of action here, and I'm entitling it, which I've done before, Sex in the News. So I'm going to be weighing in on a number of different topics and a number of different articles that are very current or just recently in the news or um, articles that I've read online in the last week, maybe up to a month, or when I just have recently seen it. And because here's what I know happens. We are so inundated with so much information, and we don't know whether or not that information is... information the best way you can without having a your ego involved or having a hugely based agenda and I'll give you an example there was an article that was just published last week that I was a main contributor to and it's in um, where did he put it in it was for uh, an organization and he was writing about and what he originally wrote about which I went uh, slightly sideways on, was on female sexual dysfunction. And he wanted me to weigh in on this. And my initial reaction to it was, well, you've got to be kidding. Um, Pardon me, it's not a he, it's a she. And it's on everydayhealth.com. And the article is, "What, what when she's not interested in sex? And... The thing that I want people to be aware of, the term for sexual dysfunction is something that got created out of a group of researchers and a group of physicians who wanted to create a need for more prescribing of pharmaceuticals to women, and they needed to have statistics to back up the reason why they should be marketing this product. Always be very, very careful. And what I'd like you to become, honestly, is as I am, or a little more that I think will help you be a shrewd consumer, look at who is behind what is being marketed and look at the statistics. 
do not take as gospel truth when someone says, well, there was a 50% increase in whatever, or someone not being interested. Go back and look and see if out of a group of 1,000, if it increased from one person to two people, that means there's a 100% increase. Well, that is nonsense. So you need to go and be your own informed consumer. For example, with this article that I helped uh, Mikhail uh, Theobald write, I basically took apart a number of the, the premises that people will say, well, she must be, you know, dysfunctional. No, that's that question, by the way, where they got the 43%, is if a woman answered yes to one part of a seven-part question over the last two months, three months, in other words, if you weren't interested, if sex was painful, if you had no desire. Now, who in the real world who doesn't have a mind, a job, and something else that they're doing hasn't had that happen in the last couple of months. That, If you answered yes to one part of that seven-part question, which was part of a huge previous survey, you are considered to be, ta-da, sexually dysfunctional. Now, don't you feel good about that? And then they will use, and here's what we also know. If anyone has ever been on the Internet, they know the moment something is put up there, it's there. And then people constantly will go back and refer to it. Last week, my guest was Dr. Hernando Chavez, and we were speaking of, in one area, because he and actually my next week's guest, Dr. Winston Wilde, have done presentations on uh, circumcision, and that a good percentage of the, the main studies that are used to support medical, medically saying circumcision is required, have already been, you know, uh, debunked, or they've been shown that that is not accurate. They're saying that uh, babies who end up not being circumcised have a greater chance of having a urinary tract infection. Well, what they didn't look at was that the babies who were premature, who did not have a strong um, a system and weren't as fully developed, those were the babies that got the UTIs, not the generally healthy full-term babies. So we need to look at, and there's a whole other background situation on the circumcision, but I want you to know that you can be a shrewd consumer and you're a lot smarter than you think you are. So when I went down the, the list today of the articles that I was going to be covering, I wanted to point out to people that there are other studies and other places to look for something that may resonate more with you and look for something that can be more current. Also, look and see who is the person who's making the statements, okay? If you've got someone who is trying to say, um, these people all have, just I'm going to use this slightly inflammatory statement, um, these people, well, we know for a fact that you know they're sex addicts. Well, who's making the statement about sex addiction? I'll tell you, I don't use that term. And the reason I don't is, first off, I'm not a therapist. But secondly, I go to someone who I know is a worldwide authority, and that is Dr. Eli Coleman, Program in Human Sexuality at University of Minnesota. And he uses the terms 
sexual compulsivity and sexual impulsivity. And I use how he refers to things as that, that's like my gold standard. Because many times, and I talked about this last week with uh, Dr. Chavez, many times when people are wanting to use the term sexual addiction, they're using it to control or to shame someone. And that's a real, that, that's a problem, okay? And it's also a term that gets a lot of heads turned in media. So be careful what terms you might be using. And we learn as we go along. There's times I may have used terms that was like, oops, I uh, guess I uh, shouldn't have done that. But I also am willing to say, you know what? If I've made a mistake, that's up to me to be the one to say, I did it. Now, the the article that about the uh, when she's not interested in sex, people are not interested in being intimate for a number of different reasons. And that's really what I wanted to point out. It isn't just you know, one thing or one size fits all. We all go through sexuality, interest, appetites, all have cycles. So rest assured with that one. Now, one of the other things I look at when I look at in the news, I pick up stuff from different countries, different areas. I have stuff here from Australia. I have stuff from, which is one of the things I always find so interesting. are in areas that I'm like, who is the person who put this forward? And it's like a study of, you know, 10 people or 15 people, and they're all from a very conservative area. But then the statement comes out that, uh, as one example, wide-hipped women have more sex partners. But at least they were kind enough to say, controversial study shows. And it's so interesting to me how many times I will see that presented. And then the person comes back and says, look, you're saying that because of the width of the hips, that will tell you whether or not a woman will subconsciously, now please understand, this is a male who's doing this study, subconsciously she will know um, she will be able to deliver more easily, so she's going to be more relaxed about having sex. Now, excuse me, does that put a question mark above your head for two main reasons? First off, the width of a woman's hips is not the indicator of the ease of delivery. It is the dimensions of the birth canal. Someone ring this person's bell. I mean, come on. The important thing about this is you cannot tell physiologically necessarily whether someone's going to be comfortable with sex, not comfortable with sex, happy with it, not happy with it. I do know that there are... And then we have the other cultural attitudes about it. So let's just, this one I have to tell you, there was another researcher who, and in my mind, in good fashion, did take this study to task big time. And the the biological anthropologist, her name is Wenda Trevathian, and she said... In order to for this to be really supported, someone has got to test this same kind of thing in a lot of populations. Thank you. So having this come out, please understand, there are deadlines constantly for anyone who is putting anything in the media, which means they may not have gone and read the actual article, which for me, that's crucially important. 
I go and read the article as written. But they have a limited amount of time, and they don't necessarily do the research the way they should. They see something else that comes in a feed. They go like this, okay, that's great. That's about sex. Let me post it and let me be on with my next thing that I have to do. We're coming up to my first break today. This is my show, Sex in the News. And when we come back, I'm going to be talking about another article. This is on HuffPost. What happens when an all-female band tries to sing while orgasming? Please stay with me, and we'll cover that right after the break. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. Evermore, people have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Viktor Frankl, the inspiration for the movie Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with host Mary Simaluka and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things, and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Simaluka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Have you been laid off, fired, downsized, right-sized, or re-engineered out of a job? Are you unemployed or anticipate that possibility? Then tune in for Successfully Unemployed, hosted by Alan Sherwood, MBA, president of Sherwood Consulting Service. Successfully Unemployed will provide you a hope-filled and comprehensive approach to the job search process from an author who's experienced it all. Alan and his guests will cover all dimensions of a job search, physical tasks, mental attitude, emotional health, even one spiritual perspective. All must be integrated in order for a person to be successfully unemployed so they can then be successfully employed. This show is designed to help you move forward from job loss to finding or creating more fulfilling work. For more on Alan Sherwood, MBA, and the show, check out his website, SuccessfullyUnemployed.com. Then join us for Successfully Unemployed with Alan Sherwood, MBA. Thursday nights at 8, 7 Central here on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. And as I said before the break, what I'm going to talk about in the lead-off of this segment is it's from uh, Huffington Post, and it's 
This is what happens when an all-female band tries to sing while orgasming. And, of course, obviously, it's going to have a little bracket at the back, you know, NSFW, not safe for work. So anyway, <laughs> I watched this, and what was interesting is this, the group is, uh, it's a Dutch band, an electronic dance band called Adam. And they're singing a song called Go to Go. And it's, it's really quite cute and quite interesting because they're, you don't see, all you see is them in what they refer to as, you know, portrait style, sort of like shoulders are from the bust up. Uh, you do hear the vibe in the background, and, but what you see is how as they get become more aroused and more highly stimulated, it is difficult to focus on the singing. And because their breathing is changing, the responses are, you know, becoming more intense. And what they also referred to in this was the, they referred to a thing called the hysterical literature series. And this is the same thing where the women are reading while trying to, you know, while someone is stimulating them off camera. What I liked about this and again, I always look once a day to find something that's going to, you know, make my brain smile. This made my brain smile. Is that it it looks to me to be an honest depiction of their reactions. We don't have any of them going ooh ooh ah ah, you know, singing, you know, angel choir songs, but what we do see them is getting right to the point just beforehand. And the the automatic body responses that one has when one is getting close to orgasming. So that was a cute little article. Now, the other thing I'd like to show you and talk to you about, and how can we not talk about this one? In the most recent NFL draft, we had the first openly gay player coming forward for the draft, Michael Sam. And and it's the statement is being said that you know were he not out and were he not openly gay he would have been drafted so much higher in the draft he was drafted by the St Louis Rams and then what they also show is and imagine this this is his life this is what he has he is a highly highly trained and skilled athlete and his profession is he wants to play professional football so when and you know that's what he's being hired to do there's the the issue and the thing going on is you know here he is with his boyfriend who also went to the same college and was apparently i believe his name is uh Vito Vito Camisano and they show that incredible emotional thing of this is my goal of my life and he kisses his partner well this is you know who has been there for him and with him through all of the things in the build up he's there with his family he's there with friends and now there's this big thing about, oh, my God, he should never have kissed his partner. People, I'm going to make a strong suggestion. You get over it. This is what the world is becoming, is that we know that we are no longer this polarized thing of only female, 
only male. And anyone only has to be around someone who is 25 and under to know that that is the case. And who who someone falls in love with, honestly, people, who they fall in love with, they're not in charge of. And I learned that. And, you know, you may have heard me talk about this before. When my older sister was growing up, she thought everyone had crushes on their girlfriends. She There was no discussion of what gay was or, or being lesbian. She just thought that was the case. But there was so much social pressure to be in a straight relationship that, you know, that's what she did. She married. She married very young. She had two daughters. And then when she sort of said, you know, this is not who I am, she really struggled with being who she is. Now, and, you know, we're talking 30 years later, thankfully, she is able to have the love in her life. And still, it's not easy for her. But I think for Michael Sam, he is an athlete. He took a huge, huge risk to come out and to say that this is who he is. And he also, you know, for many people, they're going to go, good for him. He has succeeded at what he wanted to do. He has someone who cares very much for him and onward and upward. Let him do what he's being hired to do, which is play football. Let's go one step a little further, slightly more flamboyant, but Johnny Weir. Johnny Weir didn't start skating. He was the U.S. national champion three times. And he literally did not even start skating until he was 11 or 12. So he wasn't someone who was like a tiny little unit who jumped on the ice. But he has always been who he is in the expression of himself. And his parents, I I know someone who knows his family, and they said, this is exactly who he is. Whether or not, what do you get hired to do? You get hired because you can get attention You can get ratings, and you can create more eyeballs coming to look at what a presentation is. So when he was at the most recent Olympics and in in Russia, what is the thing that he's, he's doing? He is being who he is. His wardrobe is flamboyant, but the big thing he's hired for, like Michael Sam, is his skill set for that sport. And, you know, he has the other drama and stuff. Look, we would not have as many reality shows if we didn't have drama connected to Housewives of Atlanta and this place and that place and wherever. And so for Johnny Weir and his husband, Victor, and I believe it's Voronov, they have, you know, their drama, again, played out in front of the media. Dare I make a comment on Solange Knowles going after Jay-Z in the elevator at the Met Gala Ball and Beyonce standing on the side. Something's going on there. But again, we're not privy to those conversations. What we do see is someone else's concept of what they think it is. Now, let me just steer over here for one brief, quick moment. Many of you may have also seen the comments online from uh, about Willow Smith lying on bed with this um, young man in his 20s. Well, it's my understanding that this happens to be the friend of her brother, 
And when her own mother weighs in and says, when Jada Pinkett Smith weighs in and says, look, you are putting your own trash on it. There is nothing going on here. I mean, it's a picture and they create that. So I may have to take back the comment that I made of the observation of the video camera in the elevator of Solange Knowles. Who knows? She may have been defending her sister on something that had happened. I will tell you that sisters do tend to be some of your greatest protectors and the one who will say what you may not to your partner. So that, I mean, those two things with Michael Sam and with Johnny Weir, I want people to have, you know, you're fully entitled to every single one of your own opinions. Of course you are. But I think you really have to also look at, is this about them wanting to get attention for something, or is this about who they love? And that's what I look at. When the um, the state of Minnesota was going forward, and they were saying, people were saying, well, it has to be about equality. Finally, what people said was, look, really what this is about is love. This is about who you love. And it's about wanting to create family in many cases. And thankfully, we now have the awareness and the support of, I mean, my older sister and her partner, many of my other friends. But I don't think that this one, that takes away from who other couples are. I mean, if people were to look, the most recent um, U.S. survey, it is my understanding, and this is not the most recent one, but the one before that, the most common household in the U.S. is people of the opposite sex living together, possible cues. And so they're not married, but they are sharing a home. And that's a new form of creating family, a new form of creating relationship. We all have choices that we make that resonate best for us. So when I look at the people who are making the statements online of someone who they weren't there, they didn't hear it, I think we need to start going back and look at, were you there and did you actually hear it? Sometimes the internet can be our good, good friend. If you're looking for where to go for a map or looking for uh, you know, a restaurant close by, check it out. But other times, when it comes to the area of sexuality, please, you must, must, must use your own discerning mind to check it out. I'm coming up to the midterm break on this. And when we come back, I'm going to talk to you on creating actual better boundaries and also the, I don't suppose, not such a surprise winner of the Eurovision 2014, which if you closed your eyes and listened to the voice, that's what you needed to see. But again, a little bit of controversy on it, to put it mildly. And when we come back, we'll talk about the Eurovision 2014 winner. And we'll talk about things from Australia and another woman who took a video of herself. Please stay with me. We'll be back after this.
This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Have you ever wondered why America is facing such a health care crisis? Then join us for Dr. Peter DeVette Live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. You'll find out about the roots of your health care challenges versus symptom management. The holistic approach, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness. How emotions are directly related to physical illness and how to read your body like a book. Dr. DeVette will also go through your personal questions and how you can navigate through the illness maze. Supplements, medications, therapies, treatment options, surgeries, all kinds of things related to your health. Dr. Peter DeVette live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. What does reboot mean? Ever wonder why your connection to the world through your computer does not work as flawlessly as most of your ability to breathe? ISP Radio Network explains the why and how the Internet works. Learn the insight and secrets that your Internet provider may not be telling you or even want you to know. Gain the confidence to proclaim that you are no longer technically illiterate. You may call him a techno gearhead or network guru, but Stephen Brabiel, your host, is a person driven by a passion to serve people fast internet, as well as empowering internet users with simple skills to maintain their fast internet. This is ISP Radio Network, a place where internet service providers and the self-proclaimed technically challenged users of the internet meet weekly to share ideas of what makes the internet work or how to make the internet work better. Don't miss ISP Radio with your host, Stephen Gravy, on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Central, right here on the Rockstar Radio Network. to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for the second half of Sex Talk with Lou. And in this segment today, I'm going to be doing what I refer to as, in this entire show, sex in the news. And again, for those of you who may have just joined now, that it, I want people to become shrewd consumers about what they read, what they see. And there are times that you're, just, you're getting someone else's opinion, and I want you to have your opinion, okay? I think it, it, it behooves you to make your decisions based on having that information go into your head, your ears, your eyeballs, and then coming out again. It's like, would you go and make a comment about a movie or something else, a movie or a TV show that you've never seen and someone says, what do you think about it, and you just say something? That's what many people do relative to the area of sexuality. 
And so what happened, and honestly, I just happened, as a slight aside here, one of the personal development things that I like to do is to do a personal retreat once a year. And this happened to be one I did, oh, about two years ago. And the gentleman sends out, you know, things once a week on things that he thinks are, you know, going to be helpful for people. And this one was on a woman who did a TED Talk on those people who are introverted. And what I found so fascinating and what I see, and it so made sense, the people who are introverted, now this does not mean shy. This does not mean that someone has anxiety about being around people. This just means they prefer to have things, less stimulation, more where they are by themselves and thinking. There's such huge power in having your own observation and your own quiet time to think about something. Because what she mentions, and I've heard this before, the person who's the most boisterous and the most extroverted often ends up, even though it's not the accurate information, being the one that sways the social positioning. I mean, hello, how do you spell a political party, okay? The person who is the most bombastic often gets the greatest amount of listen-to power which is not my idea of a good time, but let's just go and I'm going to jump into what I said I'm going to cover in this segment, the Eurovision winner. Now, for any of you who would like to have a real treat, uh, have any of you ever watched the, the Italian uh, voice program and seen the, the nun who sings? She's fabulous. And of course, you have no idea that this, you know, uh, song, uh, I believe it's an Alicia Keys song that she was singing, is coming out of this tiny little bit of a thing. This, the Eurovision winner, Conchita Wurst, is the same thing. This is the character and the name of a gentleman by the name of Tom Newworth. And when he is in character and in costume, he is Conchita, which came from the name of a friend, and Worst, which is apparently, and Conchita, she was representing Austria. And the Eurovision, uh, were they were being held in um, Denmark because the previous year's winner had been from there. So each year, whoever wins the party, you know, the party and the whole thing goes to their country. But if you listen to when she is singing, you are, it is going to, it will warm your heart. But what you also are going to see is someone who she is, you know, the, when she is in costume, when she is in drag, when her drag persona is there and her voice is phenomenal. Uh, 25 years old, I believe now lives in, I think in Vienna. But if you watch this, the comment that she made when she won is she really hopes for people to have, you know, uh, the acceptance and to have peace. Because this is, you know, how people represent and how they deliver their personalities is unique to them. Anyone who's been in a large family knows that. 
So you know that there's, you know, one family member that's like this, one family member like that. Similar thing here. What I really liked about this, the Eurovision, about Conchita being in this, fabulously gorgeous with this heavy beard. So there's no question that this is, you know, male-female and was not willing to just only be the one, but to let the the variance of who she is as this performer show through. I probably have spoken about this, and I know that I have. I am the vice chair for the Leadership Council, uh, Program in Human Sexuality, the endowed chair at the University of Minnesota Medical School Program in Human Sexuality. And the seated chair for that is Dr. Eli Coleman. And he also is, has put together the World Health Organization comments on sexual health. And here's the thing that, you know, when Conchita says about having the, the peace and the acceptance, your sexual health is truly as much a part of your general health as your ability to floss your teeth. It is, however, often much, much more hidden. And again, it's because of the judgment things. But more people lose days of work because of a sexual health issue than many other types of health issues because they don't want to talk about it. It's more hidden. They'll have something else that covers it up. And where we look from a policy standpoint and for delivering information that supports people, and this also came when I was on the National Advisory Council with former Surgeon General Dr. David Satcher, that sexual health is so crucial to how you feel about yourself, how you represent yourself, how you are in the world. And I know people who have been closeted for so long that when they go to work, they will not even say, they will not even talk about their weekend. So the support or the ideas of someone at their office who might say, oh, well, what what did you do this weekend? They won't talk about it. They won't say anything. They never ask anyone about their own relationships. So really what they have is like a self-imposed isolation. And, I mean, part of that still very much exists for many people. And I'd like to see that for people who have, they're, they're clear that this is what they're interested in, they're aware of it. We just had one of our council members who did a press release saying that from now on, she would be known by both from a social standpoint, from a professional standpoint, from the business, you know, investing standpoint, that she would be known by her chosen name of Jennifer. And that was something that decades in coming. And that for me was a huge, huge step. 
risky, there's no question about it, but it was also she finally had to match her heart with how she was being referred to. And in these instances, you and I are, were part support, understanding, and, you know, in this world, just because something doesn't, isn't something that we, we don't understand, the important thing we do is we go and try and find a way to understand it. We do that when it comes to many things. Let's say you never really knew anything about certain types of cooking or dishes. Get thee to a different restaurant and try something. But the real thing I want people to know is that when people are saying who they love, who they genuinely love, sometimes that may be one of the most difficult and the most risky things they can possibly do. And speaking of people, when I talked about the beginning, that the for people who are introverted, it's often the extrovert, even though the information may be inaccurate, that's the one that you know gets all of the press and the news. As an example, there was a young woman who she works within a um, she works within an actual clinic. I believe it's a Planned Parenthood clinic. I'm not 100% sure. You know what? I'm going to hold on that comment because we are going to come back. I will start the next segment with this um, comment because I don't want. I want to make sure I give you the right info. So what I'm also going to do, by the way, is I'm going to shoot a short YouTube video that will then show what I am going to be covering each week in my um, show, in my Sex Talk with Lou. So what I'll do is I'll have probably a one-minute or two-minute thing. This is what I'm going to be talking about. This is what I'm going to be referring to. These are the subjects I'm going to be covering. And then that way, people can have an idea uh, what part of the show they might want to come in on, what they'd also like to be interested in. And also, I'm going to be going to Coming Out Kinky this Sunday. And Jean Franzblauer was my guest three weeks ago. And this is her show of how she all of a sudden discovered her kinky nature and what she went through and truly that it is the all of the machinations of it. I can hardly wait to see it. So, And I will give you the update on that next Monday after I've seen it on Sunday. So I am going to my final break and we will come back with people who are making comments that probably they don't have any business making. Please stay with me. Lou Padgett and I'll be right back. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. and motivation every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Learn how to maximize your mojo and just say no to the status quo. Get inspired and motivated by a fun-loving coach who knows what it's like to get through this thing called life. 
with your High on Life coach, Audra Irwin, each Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon Eastern, right here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Ready for Wise Up Radio, leveraging your learning, leadership, and legacy with Donna Kimbrand, the edgy evolutionary, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you're an entrepreneurial leader or visionary, stay ahead of your game with insights, tools, and strategies that give you the thought leader's edge. Each week, join Donna and her guests as she'll ask the edgy questions, help you discover game-changing shortcuts to better thinking and learning, how to explore the ripple effects of leadership excellence, and how to create your life as a living legacy, where the legacy you leave is the life you live. As thought leaders, you need strategies to help you enjoy the confidence and thrill of riding the wave of rapid change. For more on Donna, check out her website, GameChangerThinking.com. Then join the conversation and sharpen up your wits on Wise Up Radio with Donna Kimbrand, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. And before the break, <clears throat> excuse me, I said that I was going to be commenting on an article that was posted on, where was this one posted on? <laughs> Gawker, gawker.com. And I was going to state and, and refer to, sometimes I find it so amazing, who are the people who are making the comments who will never be in these situations, who will never experience this, and they're the people who are getting all of the press for it. And what I'm referring to is a young woman by the name of Emily Letts. And she is a patient advocate at a reproductive clinic in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, which is just outside of Philadelphia. And she herself got pregnant and, as she said, was not ready to have children. So she had an abortion and filmed it. And the video, which is you know, it's totally safe for work, has been online since mid-March, but it was when there was an article in Genesis for an article on Cosmopolitan.com that it created a firestorm on the Internet. And as she said herself, that, you know, here she is, she's working with these women, and she wasn't expecting to get pregnant. She had been tracking her ovulation cycle. She didn't have any long-term partner, and she said, I thought I was okay. But, you know, things happen. I wound up pregnant. Now, she says, once she caught her breath, she knew immediately she was going to have an abortion. I knew I wasn't ready to take care of the child. The guy wasn't involved in my decision. Called my supervisor and said, I'm going to need to schedule um, this procedure. And the patients at the clinic had always been asking her 
for, you know, on the relatability, if they can relate to them. Have you had an abortion? Do you have kids? And she said, I was so used to saying, I've never had an abortion, but, and her comment was, while she was pregnant and waiting for her procedure, she, her comment was, I thought, wait a minute, I have to use this. So from a relatability standpoint, and I'll tell people, you know something, for the majority of women who have an abortion or a termination, whatever term they wish to use, this is not a flippant decision. This is not something that's like, oh, let me go get a soda. It's not at all. For many women, it has, this is a soul-searching decision. It has implications on many levels that they look at. So that's the first thing I would like people to have an awareness of. But here's the comment of who are the people making the statements. When I was first... And here's the comment that was written by this article. Let's decisions to come forward and share the story was met with predictable indignation and undertones of violent ideations from conservative pundits, almost exclusively male conservative pundits. Now, when I was in my early 30s, I remember watching this one uh, just out of his mind, he was so furious guy being interviewed, and he was saying, how can women do this? And I looked at this, and it was about, you know, women who were wanting to have access to abortion. And really, this is about reproductive choice and reproductive health. And for some women, they don't have access to pills. But the real thing is, is about the woman's health. And I looked at this, and I thought, why is it that a person who can never get pregnant who will never have to go through this, is the person who's getting all the media and the noise time. Riddle me this, Batman. I do not get it. And that is one of the things that I I love this one woman's comment, and she said, look, you know, keep your laws out of my crotch. And the thing about many groups that are very conservative, the biggest thing they want to control, and if you take a just open one eyeball, you'll see it is about controlling female sexual behavior and female sexual patterns. And women don't go around telling men, you can't do that, you're not supposed to do that. That's not, and we're not making up laws telling men to do certain things, but it's almost like we have this regressive attitude that women are not adult enough to make their own decisions. Yes, they are. Now, let's be honest. There's always outliers in every group. But one of the comments that an old boyfriend of mine made, he said, look, the people who are making the news are the deadbeat dads, the guys that don't do anything, but the people who are taking care of the men are taking care of the families, they're the go-to dads, they're doing all of these things. They're not newsworthy. The people who are behaving badly are the people who we want to see. And whether it's, it's like, oh, thank God, I'm not that train wreck. But when it comes to relationships and sexuality, I think what we have to do, and I, I want people to become that educated consumer. Read these things, look at them, and decide for yourself. Are they giving me the real information? Let's go to another one here. It's called The Med School Virgin Who Wanted to Auction Off Her Virginity. Now, 
She, at one point, I read somewhere that she had said, described herself as being very ambitious. So what? But here's the big thing. And she said, look, she's a double you know, major. She's a PhD and she's an MD student. She's at University of Washington. Her name is Hannah Kern. She's 28 years old. And she was auctioning, auctioning it off and apparently you know, went up to $801,000, but no way to try and collect on that. But what she also did is she backed off and she said, you know, I realized that I couldn't really separate these two things from the one thing was obviously a way to make money. And however she was going to use that money, I haven't spoken to the woman, so I don't know what she was going to do about it. But what she was doing, and, you know, attractive enough, you know, woman, but she is looking for a way to create money based on a commodity that, you know, has, in essence, a one-time expiry date. What's wrong with that? Hey, you know, there are women who have sold off their virginity for a very high price called a large diamond because they were virgin prior to getting married within a very conservative uh, culture and they were very good looking. Hello. Thank you. To me, this is not... She knew what she was doing and she knew what she wanted to do. Probably could have done it a little easier with a you know, few other people not knowing about it. But, you know, if she wants to attract a big market, go for it. Here's another article. It's about a student who sued over her professor's obsession with her previous bondage uh, past. And what happened is, really, if you read this, it is about boundaries not being respected. And, you know, if there's a professor who wants to have more of a connection with a student, whether that's, you know, this apparently was a married female professor, you know, be smart about what you're doing. And just because you find what someone is doing erotic for you, do not trash your entire career. I mean, people, pay attention. This student was like, look, I'm not going to have my entire professional career ruined because this person is saying that because I'm not going along with what she wanted to do. And if you read this, um, from what I can determine, she, uh, the professor really did. It was a transference. She violated boundaries. And she also violated a real professional code of behavior. Ding dong. Karma calling. Now, let me, I'm going into the final minutes of the show. For any of you who might be interested in getting some statistics on sexual health and sexual, you know, education in the United States, I might recommend that you go to SICUS, and that's S-I-E-C-U-S, and that's the Sexuality Information Education Council of the United States. They have just put out their 2013 annual report, and I have to tell you, the impact of sex education in the United States has been very positive. So we, and these are the statistics that are just shown at the very beginning. This happens to be a, how many pages? Mm, 32-page book, booklet, uh, you know, brochure that's put out. And it talks about sex in the tween years. It talks about the state partnerships on supporting comprehensive sexuality, on advocacy, 
on groups. And what this really is is a paper and a book that will support those of us who have an awareness that we can't put our head in the sand anymore, people. And sexual health education does not end at 17 and 18. It is a lifelong learning experience. And as Dr. Joycelyn Elders, who we have just completed, the Elders Chair, it is now fully funded. We're looking for that scholar at the University of Minnesota. As Dr. Elders says, we have tried ignorance. That did not work. It's time to try education. And it is time to give people access, women and men. And here's the thing. I had a great article that I read last week with Dr. Chavez on sex, pardon me, sex education and how to talk to boys about sex. You need to have someone who they can look up to. If you're talking about 13 and 14-year-olds, they're seeing a lot of stuff with so-called function. But what they also want to know about They want to know about the emotional part of things. That's not what's being spoken about. We need to realize that, yes, they may be learning younger, but what what we also have to know is they are learning, and we have a responsibility to give them information that will help them learn in a supported and honest manner. So today has been Sex in the News. Next week, my guest will be Dr. Winston Wild, and we are going to be talking about the um, troubling turn-ons, things that, because he works in um, some alternative sex uh, areas and things that would be considered more fringe, the fringe stuff itself is not so much the issue, but it is how things impact people. So, Again, next week, Monday at 2, Dr. Winston Wilde. This has been Sex in the News. I'm Lou Paget, and I'd like to thank you so much for being with me. Please stay smart, and please stay educated. Have a good rest of the week. Thank you for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 